Welcome to Clarity Connects, where we talk about the human essence in brands. I am your host, Tusef Mirza. All of us wants to create impact, but in this day and age of information overload and technology, it's really easy to feel lost. So it's crucial to get back to basics in order to gain the clarity we need to steer in the right direction. When it comes to brands, let's not forget who we are creating these brands for, for human beings. Therefore, understanding human attributes is essential. The topics that we will be covering will range from personal branding, corporate branding, leadership, team building, and marketing. We will also give ourselves the space to contemplate on how to best utilize the power of branding, marketing, and business to create profitability and positivity for the good of the world. Thank you for joining me. And now let's explore how Clarity connects for creating true impact. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Clarity Connects podcast, where we talk about the human essence in brands. I am your host, Tusef Mirza. Today, I have a special guest. Her name is Annika Kobzev. She is the Global Head of Communications at TBWA Worldwide. Today, we're going to be talking about the fabulous 3% conference that we went to, uh, both, that both of us attended a couple of weeks ago in November of 2019. So welcome to the show, Annika. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, it's great to have you here. So for those of you who don't know what the 3% conference is, I'm just going to give you a little bit of an overview. Um, It's a conference that's been happening for the past eight years on a yearly basis, and it's put together by the amazing Kat Gordon, who is uh, an advertising veteran, really, and a humongous advocate when it comes to diversity of people, diversity of thought, and ideas and creativity. And um, you might be wondering, what is up with that 3%? What does that mean? So when uh, Kat Gordon started this conference, there was only 3% of all creative directors that were women, which is even, as I say it now, it's so astonishing, it's right? It's unfathomable. How, ca- how is that possible? But it, it that is. was the reality. That was the reality. And so it became her mission and her team's mission to crank that number up. And so we're actually going to talk about uh, the number a little bit uh, later into our show. One thing that I really want to make sure that we're clear about uh, before we start talking is I just want to have a disclaimer that this is not the episode that we're talking about today is not about male bashing, nor is the conference. Um, it's not about um, to bring women to the top at any cost by pushing men down. It's really actually the total opposite, which is about how do we harness all our differences, all our different qualities and what we bring to the table and that we can look at all of those and use all of those to become stronger together. And that's really what this is about. So I love that this is literally the premise that Kat Gordon also presents in our conference. She basically wants to have the men in the audience, mm-hmm. right? Like she welcomes them. And so I think it's a discussion that we t- need to have with everybody. Um, and this is why um, I'm such a, such a fan of hers. So today what we'll be doing is talking about the conference and uh, looking at specific points that resonated with with each one of us. So uh, before we start to talk about the point, let me ask you, Annika, what did you think about uh, the conference? How would you describe it? 
The 3% conference is always a fantastic event. And I think <coughs> what I appreciate about it so much is that it is it is just different and refreshing from so many of the marketing conferences that are out there. Cat mm-hmm. um, and her team do an exceptional job of sourcing really interesting speakers from places, companies, backgrounds that are new, mm-hmm. are are maybe unders- undiscovered or underrepresented. The other thing that I think is really exceptional about the 3% conference is, you know, every year they seem to refocus mm, uh, on a particular agenda item to push further uh, when it comes to diversity and inclusion. So you said that when the when the conference was started, it was really that singular focus to increase the percentage of women in the creative director or above role. And it, w- right. it had this sort of laser-like focus mm-hmm. on women in these creative leadership positions, um, which is fantastic. But in the years since, she's really pushed to expand that definition of diversity and inclusion. And it's, it is always illuminating. I walk out feeling more empathetic, um, more knowledgeable, mm-hmm. and like a better person and professional. Right. So on that note, that actually really ties in well with um, the first uh, point that I want to bring through, that I actually really understood more the full spectrum of what diversity really means from the perspective of depth. Usually when we talk about diversity and inclusion, we usually talk about gender equality, we talk about people of color, we talk about LGBTQ. But she's really stretching that even further and making us focus on specific individuals that represent certain segments of different diversity groups. So I'll give you a few examples Mm -hmm. of that. Um, One of the talks was on neurodiversity. And uh, when I actually saw that on the agenda, my first thought went, yes, diversity of thought. That's what I thought. You know, different people that come together have diversity of thought. It's that But it's really a different perspective that they're bringing. It was actually about autism and about the fact that literally um, autistic individuals are literally neurologically wired differently. And because of that fact, they think differently and they are able to produce work in a completely different way. So when we think about creativity, it's really to tap into people who literally think differently because they are wired differently. Another aspect was also sizeism. And this is not something that I've seen in other events, like to your point of what you were talking about, Annika. Like this is not, we don't no, hear about that we never at all. Talk about, no, absolutely not. It's never been an agenda item on a conference I've attended right. ever. Ever. Or discussed at a company or mm-hmm. anything along those lines. Right. So when we say sizeism, what it means is prejudice or discrimination on the grounds of a person's size. And the lovely, she was so lovely. She was amazing. She was so lovely. Her name is Makeda Loney. She was of a certain size, and she just, just brought in her truth mm-hmm. and just talked about how she uh, has been um, experiencing her her creative life in an agency, but really bringing home the point that 
we have to see what the world looks like and we have to have a realistic understanding of who these people are and that she can actually communicate to those people because she is one of them and nobody else can really have that experience except her. So that's that's really understanding diversity in terms of on an individual uh, uh, basis. And she was also African-American. There was a stat that, that came through during the conference, a mind-boggling stat, which was that the average person nowadays sees about 4,000 to 10,000 ads, uh, whether it be digital or any format, any platform, but that 72% of people feel that advertising doesn't represent them. I mean, that is just like, so you see all this stuff, but three-quarters of it is a complete miss. And that brings home, again, the importance of having all different types of people that can actually connect to the people that we're talking about, the 72 that are not being reached, because they are actually experiencing it. You can't have another person who doesn't have that experiential life talk to them in a way that is really going to be meaningful and and resonating. Exactly. The third talk that I wanted to present, which really kind of blew my mind, like if you, <laughs> I literally looked at the agenda and I didn't really even compute what that meant. It was about people who are in prison. And it's actually a company that's con, called ConCreates. And ConCreates, I'm assuming it means convicts mm-hmm. creates, right? And it's led by this man. His name is Vincent Brad, who was in prison himself for a few years. And since he's gone out, recognized that there's a lot of thinking, creative thinking, strategic thinking um, in people who are in prisons and also ex-convicts who are not part of public life that is completely untapped. And one of the things that he said, I just thought it was brilliant. He said, you know, if you if a person can rob 27 banks, that's a strategist. (laughs) You never think about it that way. No, but he's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, that that was a fascinating talk. Um, but and you think about the work that he's doing is so important um, because as you know, we have f- a shocking number of people who are incarcerated or formerly incarcerated. Yeah. And you know he talked about the number of barriers that those individuals face when they when they get out. And the vast majority of people who are incarcerated someday are going to be released. They will have served their time and then they will be you know, reintroduced into society. And what we really have not done a very good job of preparing those people mm-hmm. for life outside. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's doing. He's giving a, a different path. And I thought it was so interesting. I didn't realize that his program taps into both people who are still currently incarcerated right. and people who are, you know, formerly incarcerated. So it was it was really fascinating um, and and powerful. I think he has the potential to do enormous good. And and as you were talking, another thing that came to my mind is what a beautiful thing to also. Like really believing in those mm-hmm. people, you yes. know, like they did their time. They don't have to pay for the rest of their life. Right. So, Annika, can you tell us a little bit about what 
what was one of the items that really resonated with you? So there was a fantastic presentation that came from a, a speaker named Chris, and I'm going to let you pronounce yes. her last name, <laughs> being the, the individual who's from Montreal and can do it with a beautiful French accent. Oui, moi, c'est moi. So yes, I'm originally <laughs> from Montreal. So her name is Chris Bergeron yes, thank from you. the company called Cossette. Fantastic. Yes. So Chris has an incredible story. Um, Chris's talk was called Losing My Privilege, and it was the story of her journey living the first 40 years of her life as a straight white male and then making the de decision to transition and live and, and living life as a woman. You think about the, the honesty all of the barriers that an individual faces going through that transition. And he was a known figure. He was, he was a journalist. He was a known figure, a journalist. Figure. Unfortunately, and this is something we hear happens a lot with people who are transgender, Chris was fired mm, from, right. from, at that point, his job as a journalist. So not only was he, she, going through this great personal transition professionally, mm -hmm. life totally upended. Um, Chris then became employed at an advertising agency. And what was so incredible is she told the story of how that company recognized her immediately mm -hmm. as a woman and acknowledged her true self. Um, the leader of the company said, you know, they were standing in an elevator preparing to go into a pitch and said, how am I going to, you know, how should I show up as a man or a woman? And her colleague said, I, you're a woman. I see you as a woman. So mm -hmm. that is what we are going to do. And the power that Chris felt, I think, being truly seen mm -hmm. for who she was, mm -hmm. understood, um, backed and supported, gave her superpowers. And I think that's what really struck me. I, she said, um, I think the, the line was something like, you know, when we feel safe, we rock. Yeah, and I remember that. And I think that's so, that's so powerful. I mean, she made the point about just if, if you are a transgender person, you've gone through that journey, you are so strong. You are so resilient. You are so creative. Because um, you reinvented yourself. You're rea you've reinvented yourself. You've reinvented the core of who you are, your identity. Mm -hmm. There's nothing more. Ch can you imagine anything more challenging? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as a as companies, as a as you know, people working in creative fields, um, we need to recognize and acknowledge and tap into that talent. She also talked about. I think she showed this incredible image of like you know, warriors going into battle. And she made the point of, like, when a company, when her company, when her colleagues stood up, saw her for who she was, supported her, had her back, there is nothing she wouldn't do for those people, for that company. Mm -hmm. And so you think about the loyalty that that breeds when, you know, you as a company can kind of step in and give somebody that kind of support. That's pretty incredible. Let's go to another point. I wanted to switch gears a little bit. And this is more a little bit of an overarching perspective. And what I notice is there is a huge emphasis on the aspects of emotional intelligence and feelings. 
And that's not something that we usually see in a lot of conferences. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people want to stay, you know, in the technical lingo world, in the digital world, in the ROI world and, and all that stuff. And I'm not saying that um, that's not what is covered in the 3%. We do talk about what is effective, but they also are trying to look at from a holistic perspective that at the end of the day, you have leaders who are human beings, you are working with other people who are human beings, and you are creating products and services to connect with other human beings. At the end of the day, this is all a human beings situation. This is why this podcast is called Clarity <laughs> Connects, the human essence and brands, because it all goes back to the human first. One of the talks was on Empathy by Maria Ross. Did you go to that one, Annika? I did not. No, not. Okay. So she wrote a book that's called The Empathy's Edge. And um, she was really talking about the importance of harnessing empathy and compassion um, to help leaders and teams and brand success. And basically, her way of looking at empathy is to look at situations from the other person's point of view and to understand that. But beyond that, that's not enough just to understand. But then what action are you actually going to implement in accordance to that understanding? And that once you understand uh, other people, you'll be able to communicate better, connect better, create products and services better that are all in alignment. Um, another area that was talked about from another talk is um, Jen Ostrich. And she talked about feedback. And this you can look at it more from example from a managerial standpoint of giving feedback to your employees. But also I would even say being in the creative industry that we are, we are always giving feedback to each other, for example, in creative concepting. So it could be even your fellow colleague. And to make sure that when you are providing feedback that it always comes first and foremost from a positive perspective. We like to be appreciated. That's just inherent of who we are. And to really focus your feedback on the strengths. And if there is certain areas that the person needs to improve upon, then give them solutions. Give them certain direction. Don't give them, you know, you don't have to give them the whole answer, but give them certain areas where they can start cultivating uh, a new ways of thinking. It's really all about if you address the well-being of people, you will help them flourish. And Absolutely. if you help them flourish, that will also help the company flourish. So it's, it's a win-win, you know, across the board. That talk really resonated with a number of my colleagues who, who attended the conference, too. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think because it was so practical and they walked away feeling like they had tools they could actually go back and use with their teams. Mm-hmm. Um, this was actually last year, but I just want to mention it because I still think about it. Um, it was this amazing talk about anger by Sorella Chamali, and she wrote a book about anger. And talk about something you never think you're going to hear at an advertising <laughs> conference. Um, but what she said was so important. Um, there's a lot of women at this conference. And so she was really coming from a perspective that women need to recognize their anger and also being able to express their anger. Because if we keep that all bottled up inside, we can't tap into our fullest potential, which includes, by the way, creativity. And she literally said that uh, the research that she said that she did is that people who are able to express their anger are actually more creative. Oh, that's fascinating. Isn't that amazing? 
to give ourselves the permission to be angry. And be angry is not being like crazy angry. It's to say, to say, I'm pissed off right now. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not working for me. And and to be constructive about it. But it is a legitimate emotion of being human that a lot of times that, and God knows, I've suppressed for the better part of my life. And I've only learned to tap into it in the past few years. And then yesterday, Fiona Hill. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my dear God. I mean. How impressive. I am so impressed by this woman. Like, where was she? Like, we Icon. need her. We need Fiona Hill. <laughs> we, need, we need her, like, every day now. Like, <laughs> I just and we're talking about the impeachment hearings that happened on November 21st, if you're listening later, the first time that she spoke um, to, to Congress and that was televised. And she basically said at a certain point, well, you know, it's not appreciated when women show their anger. Just that mm-hmm. was just like, thank you. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> Let's just speak the truth. Absolutely. And so um, I'm just really enjoying this space where I see that women are feeling more comfortable to talk about those things. Mm -hmm. And the more that we talk about it, I think that we will feel more in our bodies and just excel more as human beings. You're right. And the last thing I'm going to say on this point is actually not a talk at all. On the second day, in the morning, mind you, I think nine o'clock, the first thing was a performance by the Clark Street Bridge Ensemble. I was so moved. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. It was music. It had also poetry. And you would think, okay, so why are we talking about this? Like, this is about advertising. By putting music at the beginning of the day, it really connects all of us on an emotional level and enables all of us to open and to receive. You're at a completely different wavelength after that for the rest of the day. Absolutely. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so that just made me feel so good. Like, couldn't we, why can't we start every day with that? <laughs> I right? know. That and Fiona Hill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those two things would be fabulous. Um, All right. So, Annika, would you like to continue on the next point? Sure. So the the 3% number reflects the number of women who were in creative director roles eight years ago when Kat started this conference. Today, that number is up to 29%, which is good progress. Uh, Yeah. I mean, to go in In eight eight years, years, it's pretty impressive. It's really impressive. Um, The theme of this year's conference was the 29%. But Kat flipped it. And so her her goal for this year um, in making the 29% the, the theme was to have 29% of the conference attendees be men. Mm-hmm. Um, A, so men could feel for two days the the gender balance, sort of what it feels like to be in the minority what it feels like to be, you know, of the of the 29%, what their female colleagues go through um, in their day-to-day working lives. So that, w- that was one goal. And also just to up the percentage of women uh, or of men who are at the conference. I think that um, there are probably a lot of men who, who in years past would have thought, Okay, well, I'm not going to go. I'm going to send an up-and-coming creative director. I'm going to send some women from my company to go. And that's that's the way that I can be an ally. That's how I can advocate. And that's how I can make a difference. And that's all. That's great. That's 
fantastic. But what Kat realized and what the 3% conference has realized is that it actually t- – the most powerful thing that a man can do in – particularly a man who's in a position of, of leadership yeah. is – understand, have empathy, truly understand the issues, and then be better educated to advocate for the women who are his colleagues within the organization. Mm-hmm. And so, and the first step in doing that is understanding. Right. Absolutely. Having that conversation. Yep. At, um, at TBWA, we are a, a very balanced organization. Um, five years ago, our Worldwide CEO Troy Ruhanan came into the company, um, and he tells this very powerful story about how, on you know day one, in his big new job, he was given a sheet of paper with thirty or so people who were these are the critical people you need to call. These are CEOs of our top performing markets, um, our biggest agencies around the world. Dis- global discipline leads. Um, you know, if, you, if there are 30 top people in this company, mm-hmm. these are the individuals you need to form a relationship with. So he looks at the piece of paper and realizes there were two or three women just not acceptable. Mm. Um, not the picture of a modern company um, and not the kind of company that he wanted to be leading. So over it, it took a little bit, you know, of course, getting to know the people, the players, all of those things. But he made a pledge that by the year, within the year 2020, um, TBWA would increase the number of women in leadership positions across the global collective by 20 percent mm. uh, within those five years. And he was very and the, the whole team, they were very specific about leadership positions. Um, Because when we look at people who just come into the company um, in, you know, early to kind of mid-stage, we're very gender balanced. Actually, we we have more women than men um, in Mm. entry-level and mid-level roles. Um, It's it's actually, it's probably like 52 or 53% women, Mm -hmm. Um, depending on global market, but on the whole, um, more women than men. But there is this drop-off that happens as people rise. Um, and so we and that comes to that point of of allyship and right. and ha- actively making decisions as a leader to promote women, mm-hmm. to train, um, to put resource and development behind them. And when recruiting, to really push and to ask the questions, you know, are we casting the widest net? Right. Are we looking in just the same places we've always looked at? Mm-hmm. Are we talking to the same people that we've always talked to because, oh, so-and-so worked with so-and-so at, at X company? Like, we have to broaden our horizons a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you see the change. And it's been um, – and, and we've made good progress by making it a business priority. It's something we measure every year. Every single agency around the world is required to report in how they are, what their numbers are, how they're tracking, how, what the breakdown is by department. Mm. Um, so we look at some area, you know, there are some areas that are very balanced. I mean, when it comes to leadership, so CEO and president positions, um, all of our agencies in North America are run either in the president or CEO role by women. 
But again, that's an example of, you know, men in power, men in leadership positions, um, making business decisions, making it a priority, and that leading to change. And I think also that it, it requires it requires self-awareness. Yes. In order to actually ask more critical questions and uh, looking at things from a different perspectives, you have to become self-aware. So kudos to that. And then I think the second thing is to have the courage to actually go in spaces you haven't been, mm-hmm. right? So there is sort of like that, okay, like sometimes people just don't want to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. You know, the boat is not fabulous, but it's still going. Mm-hmm. So we'll just keep it like that. Yep. So there there needs to be bravery there to say, no, let's do the right thing. And also, turns out, doing the right things actually brings you better dividends. Absolutely. And and case in point, isn't TBWA agency of the Global year? Global agency of the year. Hello. <laughs> so, so, you know, all of these things sort of like line themselves. So not only are you making people feel valued for who they are, which is in of itself should be enough, right? Absolutely. And then on top of that, uh, it's bringing you the dividends. It's just more balanced organizations are better for everyone. They're better for creativity, better for the work, better for our clients, and better for our teams, mm-hmm. better for culture. Very great. So um, I'll talk about my last point. It is definitely uh, last but definitely not least. Um, the powerhouse, as we know, is Cindy Gallup. Um, I love her. So I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> she is, I mean, she just amazes me all the time. She's so bold, but so brilliant. I mean, she's just like to have that brilliance and to be able to communicate that in such an eloquent, articulate and effective way. Uh, She's just a powerhouse of nature. So she's a force. Yes, she's a force to be reckoned with. So um, she has been speaking at the conference, I believe, every single time. And she also spoke at the last one. She uh, finished off the conference with the keynote. And uh, before I I talk about what she was talking about in the last one, um, I just want to go really quickly of the evolution of her her talks at the 3% conference. And a little bit like what you were saying with Kat Gordon in terms of their themes of how to go from one year to the next. And it's almost like they're building off from what what they have already established. Absolutely. And then they bring it to the next level. You should follow Cindy Gallup on Twitter. Like, yes, she needs to be a part She's of a real life. She's a great person to follow. Like Fiona Hill. Yes. Yes. I literally, so I'm just going to go left for a second. I literally did a tweet yesterday. <laughs> I was so inspired. I said, okay, for 2020, I will ask my, whenever I make a decision, I will ask myself two questions. What would Cindy Gallup do? Question mark. What would Fiona Hill do? Question mark. That's fantastic. (laughs) And then I said, you know, maybe I should just start this right now. So she started off eight years ago talking about really the issues of how we got there to the 3%. Why are there only 3% women creative directors? So she was really looking at the, the issues themselves. And then from, from that vantage point, the subsequent few uh, years, she was really trying to hone in on tangible actions that women, and also she, she talks about women mostly in her conferences, uh, in her talks, but 
At the beginning, she always does the caveat, I'm saying women, but this really applies to all uh, diversity of different groups and diversity of thought and so forth. Um, so after that, she was really bringing up tangible actions that women could take so that they can have a leadership mindset. Then she realized that it wasn't moving fast enough. And she says, okay, if you are not being valued as a uh, a person, a woman in in your company, GTFO, get the F out. Mm-hmm. Like, don't waste your time. There's other agencies out there that 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 will welcome you. You need to go find who that is, or start your own, or st- better yet, start your own agency. And this year, it was a different perspective, right? A completely different perspective and position. Which was, is before, she was a lot of times talking to the main person who was affected, which are women. This time she was talking straight to white men in advertising. The way she positioned it was really good. She wasn't just saying, well, you did this wrong, you did this wrong. She actually said, these are the reasons why you need to bring women and, and people of diverse backgrounds because it's going to be beneficial to you. And honestly, if you're not going to do this, you're kind of going to be irrelevant because this is where the world is going. She tapped into their own individual self-interest and also the interest of the business. At the end of every episode, I always ask my guests to share a clarity moment. And that doesn't have to be necessarily um, connected to what we just talked about. It can be anything that happened in the last year. It can be professionally. It can be advertising or not personally. Whatever it is that you would like to share. Okay. Um, a few weeks ago, my father passed away. I'm sorry. Oh, thank that. you. Um, which was unexpected mm. um, although he wasn't in great health so it was it was not a hundred percent out of the blue but the, the timing was a surprise um, and of course it was you know devastating and emotional and all of those things um, but the what it really brought home to me um, both professionally and personally was the power of vulnerability mm. um, I and I think probably many women share this, um, we're not so great at asking for help and letting others help, letting other people step in. Um, And I think what that experience really showed me is that people want to help, people want to support, people want to be there for you. And in those moments, you need to to let them. Mm. Um, and, And when you let them in, relationships deeper, grow deeper. Um, People rise to the occasion um, professionally and, you know, other people step up and grow, which is wonderful to see. And, um, you know, you you benefit from having that realization that people care. So that's, that was a real moment of power and clarity. And I think it also... It harkens back, actually, to one of the points that Cindy Gallup made in her sort of list of the, you know, these are the seven reasons why, um, you know, white men can have a future in advertising. Um, By creating these more balanced organizations, Mm -hmm. you'll be you'll be in a place where you can be more vulnerable Mm -hmm. um, by being surrounded by women, by being surrounded by people of color and people who come from different places. 
you know, you'll be vulnerable and you, you'll be appreciated. And that experience, I think, um, you know, as, as hard as it's been, a silver lining was to see the people in my life step in and step up. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's so beautiful. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, we all go through hardships, right? And we all go through hardships, and but that's what life is. And we have highs and we have lows. And if we can share all these moments together, it's a, it's a better ride. Absolutely. Thank you again so much for that. Um, I'm going to end this uh, podcast with a quote from uh, one of the speakers, uh, Makita Loney, that we talked about, who spoke on sizeism, when she said, we work in an industry that can shift culture. So let's do that. Thank you so much, Annika, for being here. This was an awesome discussion, and the way that you landed it makes me feel even more um, grateful to have this conversation with you to share that with everybody. And thank you all for listening. And I will talk to you soon. Au revoir. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs)